Okay. I, I want to, this, this week, since it's after the Chagim, um, we're preparing for the winter, as we say, and there's a famous lesson for Rav Nachman when he talks about how a person could be more Yerushalayim, have more awe, and more love to Hashem. Because, you know, that's, a, that's the, one of the basic things of being religious is you have to have awe, faith, you know, fear of the Rebbein Shalom. And love, <coughs> both are, you know, the, both are the pillars of being a Jew. The, the, the Zoyeg explains it, that yera, fear, represents the loisisa, you know, the things that you shouldn't do. Love represents the things you should do. Because when you love someone, you do things for the person. And something, you know, with, if not do something comes from fear. And how to get to this point and, uh, in a positive way? Because sometimes fear could drag a person down. You know, sometimes you get, you know, it could be very depressing, very not productive, just, you know, frightened, you know, you walk around frightening that the world could come to an end. It's, that's not what fear Yerushimayim is. And it's not the real, real Yerushimayim. You know, a person has to know that there's a fear, a simple fear, knowing one day we're going to have an accounting to do. You know, not, you know the one day Hashem is going to... You're going to take us a task, as we say, and say, what did you do with your life? But here, Nachman teaches a very, very deep <clears throat> way of Yerushalayim. And I want to try to explain this, how he, uh, what he says. He says like this. When Hashem created the world, the creation of the world was to Hashem wanted to be glorified, not that he needs it, but that he, it's like he, you know, the, the creator of the universe is, it is unbelievable if you sit and think how great the universe is, it's frightening. You know, it's just mind-boggling how, how great the universe is. And the more, we, the more we look outside the universe, the more we see it is incredible. It's beyond our comprehension. But the Rebbe created us humans because we humans are the only ones that have a true free will. This is a very important thing. The sun and the moon and the angels don't have a true free will. I'll another time explain, people always ask me, find sometimes in the Gemara, the angels made a mistake. They could make a mistake, but they don't have a Yetzirah. They don't have a Yetzirah, you know, today, Maybe I should mess up. Maybe, you know, I'm lazy and I don't want to daven and I want to be a bad person. They don't have that yet. We struggle. We, are, we, we, are, we ourselves struggle to fight, to do the right thing. You know, men have to fight the urges. Women have to fight the feelings. You know, put feelings away. Do the right thing. We have a Yetzirah. And many Yetzirahs. We have Yetzirah of laziness, Yetzirah for desires, Yetzirah for many, many, many Yetzirahs we fight. And this is why Hashem created us. And we, with our doing, 
that Hashem gets glorified. I, I once explained it in a very simple way. I'll explain it again because I want to go into deep thing what he says over here. So, but he, and to explain this is imagine your spouse or your child or your grandchild will call you every day, midday. You would smile. You know, I sometimes do it to my own wife. I just call her up and say, I just wanted to hear your voice. I know I made her. The next two hours she'll be smiling. If I would do it every day, she'd probably be smiling every day. Because... And, but if you set it on the computer, I've said this more than once, if you, someone will give you one of your grandchildren, you know, today these young children, boy, do they know computers, and they would put on the computer, and every midday it would say, hi, Zaidi, hi, Saba. The first time it's cute, the second time it's cute, the third time it's annoying. Why? Because it's programmed. She didn't call me. But if you know your grandson or your spouse or someone will call you, you feel great. And imagine the one who calls you does not have a cell phone. You find out your, your grandchild or your spouse lost a cell phone, walked a block just to call you to say hello. Wow. You walked a block just to call me? Isn't, it's, as we say, it's, it's warming. It's extremely unbelievable. And you, the harder you, the, the, it is for the person, the more you appreciate it. Wow, you went out of your way. You know, I just made a, a wedding, and a guy traveled. You know, that was such a close guy. He traveled a long trip. Must have been a three-hour trip just to come to the wedding. I was like, wow. You know what I mean? I was really touched. You know, he didn't have to come, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not such a cool, but he just wanted to come to say Mazatov. It's really touching. The guy living down the block from the wedding hall came in. Oh, that's nice. He came in. That young man who came a three-hour drive all the way from Muncie, you know, came to Lakewood, I was very touched because the hardest something is for a person, he does it, it really touches you. We humans have a great Yetzirah, and it's hard for us to do the right thing. And when you push yourself to do the right thing, that is the greatest glory that the Shalom has. Now, Ramnachman says a very deep Kabbalistic thing, and I'm going to try to explain this. The Torah begins with Bereshis, the word Bereshis, and the Torah says the world was created because of the Jewish people who are called Bereshis. Bereshis Baru Alekim, in the beginning, so Rashi brings down a famous Medrash, the world was created because of the Jews who were called Rashis. What does that really mean? See, in Hashem, as I said before, you know, I'm going to explain it in, new, in a new way as we understand it nowadays. If someone creates software and the software starts singing about your own greatness, there's nothing there. You created the software, and the software says, you're so great, and you're so nice, and you're so wonderful. It means nothing. Hashem created the suns, the moons, the universe, and will start praising. It has no free will. There's nothing there. It's just programmed. But when Hashem created us, and we are, we have a hard, a hard time to appreciate, 
We have to push ourselves to appreciate. We have to push ourselves to say thank you. Like I, I've said this more than once, criticism in quetching is number one we all know how to do. We know how to be angry, to criticize, pout, but to be thankful, be appreciative. We have a harder time. The more a guy says to Hashem, I, I really appreciate what you're doing for me. I thank you for, the, for what, what you have done for me. Or that, it doesn't come a second nature, and you do it, that's where the glorification of Hashem comes. But Rav says even a much deeper thing. The Rebani Shalom looked ahead in the world and saw how his, he will be glorified, and that's how he created the world. To, to explain this in a simple way, to understand this, try to imagine if you're expecting a child and you have an intuition that this child is going to be a great musician. So and you're building a house for yourself. You're going to build a room for music. How's it called? Uh, people have a room, uh, you know, just to be able to play music. And if you have another child and you see you have intuition, this child will be a great artist. You would make a room for an art. And if you, the next child is going to be a great, uh, wants to be a big Talmud Chacham, you can make a room that should be like a library. You're doing, you, you want, you see that this child will be this, and this child this. You want to, like, take in the, the glorification, you're going to help the child along. Kava Yochel, the Rebbeini Shalom, saw ahead. We, we, it's beyond our comprehension how this works. Because we, we, we don't know how this works. A time is a creation of Hashem. We don't even know how to work. But Hashem saw the future, created time, sees the future. And he knew he's going to be glorified by us. And that's how he created the world. The way the world looks, the way it looks, it is the looking of the way it looks. Because he saw how he'll be glorified from Hashem. And that glorification, he created the world this way which is the way it looks. The world is, a, you know, the, the planet Earth is an incredible, an incredible planet. Believe it or not, we could be living a million years and we wouldn't get touch to just the basic wisdom what is in this world that Hashem put into here. So this is how, now, the truth is, that this is generally speaking. Then there's an individual, you know, it, Everything in the world that is created is the reason why it was created. Ramnachman gives a marshal. A lion, the way a lion is created, the way he looks, the way he acts, the way he breeds, the way he uh, uh, you know, lives in the, in the wild, or the way he eats, and the way he mates, and the way he interacts with, its, with, the, with, the, with, the, with everything in life. There's a, nothing was by chance. There's a reason, clear reason, why this line looks the way it looks. The Rebbe created created the line the way it looks. He had a reason why. And there's different lines. And the, the, in the feline family, there are many different ones. There are many, many different ones. Each one, there's a reason why he created this way. And the reason is, is because he saw certain individuals will have glorification, and that's how he created that thing from the glorification he gets from each individual. It's a very, very powerful thing. That means Hashem saw 
that you, every one of us, every one of us, Hashem gets glorification. He really does. Because we have a hard time to do the right thing. We push ourselves doing the right thing. So whenever we do something, the right thing, Hashem, wow, this is so, He created something in the world correlating the glorification we got from you. You know, the Rishalma says an incredible, profound thing. There is no two wheat kernels that ever look alike. Not only humans don't look alike. You know, um, every person looks different in every, in every way. Every person looks different in every, uh, like I always joke about it, but us old Chinese people look alike, but they're not alike. They, they, they know that each one is different. And twins, no matter how identical they are, Oh, most of them, the parents could tell. I, I, my daughter just told me she, when she came back to seminary, there were twin sisters in her class. Beginning of the year, she couldn't tell the difference. She was convinced that uh, she'll never tell. After a few months, she realized the, the, the nuances, and she was able to recognize which one is which. But at the beginning, she would talk to one. She wasn't sure which one she was talking to. It was very uh, confusing. But the truth is, there are differences. The Shalmah says not only human faces are different, there is no two things, there's no two wheat kernels in the world is the same. Because the Rabbani Shalom created everything individually. And, and it has to do how much, sort of to say, the Rabbani Shalom sees how much glorification he gets from every one of us, and that's how, that's how he created the world. So sometimes... To give, to give an example, as I said, every person has different strength. And this person pushes himself to give tzedakah. This person pushes himself to be nice to people. This person pushes himself to cheer people up. Someone pushes him to learn, to daven, or to be close to his family, to make sure he has a great shalom bias. You know, I always encourage young people, the first thing you should take upon yourself Rosh Hashanah, make sure you have the greatest Shalom bias, the best. You know, every person has different things, their strength. And the Rabbani Shalom looks at each one of us, saw each one of us, and his glorification comes from the way he saw you are, and that's how he created the world, a certain part of the world. A certain part of the world is created now because of you. Can you imagine that? That's what the Zoe says. There's things in the world, the way it exists, because Hashem saw and looked down at you, and He's so glorified that what you are doing, He created the world, a certain part of the world, the way it is because of you. And the truth is that Hashem it gets glorified not just from big mitzvahs. You know, the marshal is if you have a small child, right? And everything the child does is brilliant, right? We all know that. You know, my mother should uh, be well and live long. Always jokes about it. She doesn't know what happens to all these geniuses when they grow up. Everyone has a genius. Every baby is a genius, smart. And when they grow up, all of a sudden, she doesn't know what happened to these geniuses. But the truth is because it's your child. And whatever the child does, it's incredible. Wow. And, you know, everything is Wow. You know, till the child gets older and challenges you, then all of a sudden there's no wows anymore. You know, right? then all of a sudden you forget all the wows. But the truth is, by Hashem, everything you do is still a great wow. Because he, we have to deal with the, our children. So we have to discipline them. We can't get, you know, we, the Hashem knows 
our strength, our weaknesses, our challenges. Whatever good you do, he says, wow, am I proud of you. So the truth is, Hashem is proud of every person. Even more, Hashem is proud of a person who, who least, who is far removed from Hashem and cared back to Hashem. That means, that means that what Nachman says often, from no matter how sinful a person is and how far gone he is, if you come back to Hashem, that is even the greatest glorification. Because, you know, a person... See, like, it, it, the reason is a very simple reason. If you, you know, to, uh, to explain this in a simple way, I once heard from a father, he didn't see his child for 16 years or something. His wife moved away, and she fought him, and she, he just was tired fighting her. And, for, you know, didn't see it. 16 years later, the son looked him up. He, see, he, he gave up on it. He, he had no shaykhs, and uh, his son found out the whole story. The, the point was, he said he could, after his son contacted him, they started a relationship for weeks, he couldn't sleep from joy. He was just like, wow. He gave up on it and had this child. He was, it was the least that he thought, oh, maybe the child's going to be 30 years old. He wants to, at the age of 18, the child can act on the door. And he was just, wow. The same marshal is with Hashem. The far more you're moved and you come close to Hashem, it says, wow. So no matter, this is the famous thing that Nachman used to teach, no matter how far a person is gone, certain people think, you know, what I did, what I've sinned, there's no, just the opposite. The Rabbani Shlilim helps you because that is his greatest glory. Again, see, the glory of Hashem comes because we have, we have a free will. Because we have a free will, that's how the glorification comes of Hashem. And he knows that this person is so far, or so irreligious, or did such, such things, and he still turned around and got back to Hashem. That is the greatest glorification we have. Before the title was given, it t- talks about Pashas Yisrael. The Zoyas ask, why is Yisrael discussed before the title was given? And the Zoyas says, Yisrael tried every other disorder in the world. He worshipped, you name it. Whatever was under the sun, he tried, Yisrael. Finally, after he saw that nothing, none of his work has any values to it, he came to Hashem. That was the greatest glorification. See, when you, you know, when a person, you raise a child, and the child, you know, it's nice, the child respects you, and talks to you, and calls you, and so everything I, but when, he, when a person was so removed from you and now has a relationship, it is very, very touching. We are the same way. Sometimes the more we remove, the closer we get to Hashem, the more the Rabbanishalam glorification. So the Rabbanishalam, what Abnachman is explaining, gets glorified from everything we do. Unfortunately, when we misbehave, he's disappointed. But the truth is, there's so many things we do, we don't even realize that we're doing it because we're Jewish, because we're afraid, we're nervous to do right, the right thing. Everything of that is, oh, the boy gets glorified. Even the words of Nachman, a person shakes his head, bum davening. You know, the potent of davening is not the shaking, potent of is the kvona, but even the shaking, which just helps you, the, 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 even that the boy gets glorified. There's anything that we do just to get close to the Hashem, so you know what? This is important because if a person knows that you are very important, 
you do the job much, much better. You know, you find out if you give a child responsibility, the child does a great job. The more you trust the child as you raise children, you know, the more you trust the child will do a great job. The truth is, the Rabbani Shrilam is so proud of every one of us. And it's very important to know that. It's very important to know, yes, you know, it's, it's, it, see, in life, not only are we distracted with our Yetzirahs, we are distracted of generally living life, running, making a living, having pain, being discomfort, aggravation. There's so many things that distract us from in life. And besides Yetzirah, just the fact you're living. And still, the Rebbe is so proud when you do the right thing. In every small thing. So what a, every person has to know for themselves that the Rebbe is really, really wants you and is proud of you. You know, I always say over, I've said this over more than once, and this, uh, I asked the guy who's an advertisement, it's very famous, I didn't realize. When I was <clears throat> young, teenager, there was a famous poster at how to get people joined the Vietnam. It was Uncle Sam picture and Uncle Sam pointing, I want you. When I was a young teenager, it, remember till today they had such a powerful imp- impact, you know, feels great. I remember not even knowing who Uncle Sam was. I remember asking someone, who is the picture? It's always Uncle Sam. I don't know what it was. But the point is, if you are wanted, you feel great. I see, I see my own, my mother is an old lady. She loves to be wanted. The grandchildren should call her and ask her advice just to be wanted and needed. We all need this. You know, when you, when you tell your spouse in the right way, and, you know, I really need you, you're important for me, the spouse responds much better than we're demanding. Because everyone wants to feel important and needed. The Rabboni Shleilam wants us. You are wanted. And just the more difficult things are for you, the more Hashem is proud of you. So he's he really, really, you know, like, it, it, see, life has so much distractions, I said. So there's many things that just pull, pull, pulls us away from be connecting to Hashem. Lemarshal, as I said, the child who calls you up, your spouse calls you up every day at 12 o'clock. Imagine you find out they're in a very important meeting. Very important meeting. And, the, and the, your spouse leaves the meeting, goes out, goes to the bathroom, and calls you just to say hello. And you knew how important the meeting is. You'll be double-touched. What? You left this business meeting? Even saying it, you don't believe it that someone could do it to you. You know, you have such a business meeting. In the middle of the business meeting, you left just to call me to say hello. It's incredible. That's the same as we have with Hashem. You know, sometimes we are so caught up with life. If we stop and we do the right thing, the Hashem is so proud. And we do stop. The truth is we do make brachas, we do daven, we do, uh, do the right thing, we are dressed sneezing, and we do the right. Each item we do, the Rabbani Shalem is so proud. See, there's nothing see, in the world, there's no such a thing, it is in, unimportant. Every one of us is important as important you can imagine. You know, there's a, I, I, there's a very famous Gemara, to prove this point, I'm going to try to simplify the Gemara, not to make it too complicated. The Gemara says like this. What happens if a person is forced to kill another person? 
don't know if you know the Nazis, Yimach Shemams, we do this. Tell one Jew, I want you to kill another Jew. This is part of the game they used to play in the camps. The thing is, you're not allowed to shoot the guy. Let him shoot you, and you're not allowed to shoot the guy. The Gemara has a question. What happens, they tell a very simple person, a peasant. I want you to kill the Rambam, someone incredible great. Incredible great. And if you don't, we'll shoot you. Or vice versa. Listen to this. You tell the Rambam, who is incredible big, I want you to kill this peasant. If you're not, we're going to kill you. The halach is, you, you have to let yourself be killed rather than to kill someone. So the question is, the Rambam knew that the whole generation needs him. Now, if everyone needs him, maybe it's, maybe it's worth it to kill this peasant that he should be able to live. You, there's no such a thing. Why? You don't know in the eyes of Hashem who's important, who's not important. It could be this peasant who doesn't know anything is more important in the eyes of Hashem than the Ram. That's why you cannot judge this. Because the truth is, every person is important. We don't always see the great importance. I, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's not visible, it's not noticeable, it gets lost. In our eyes it gets lost. But in the big picture generations later, it could be incredible what the guy did. So the, what Rav Nachman is teaching us that every person has to know that the, he, in the eyes of Hashem, he's incredible proud of you. And not only proud of you, there's certain things in, in creation he created because of you, the proudness that he got from you. So he, he, this tree could be looking this way is because of you. Or other parts of the, of the, of the creation is because he looked down, he saw you, and he's so proud of you. See, this is, a person has to tell themselves, I am special in the eyes of Hashem. And the truth it is this way. Because as long as you are living, it's because God wants you to live. We're all sitting here, our heart beating is because Hashem wants that to be. So you are wanted by Hashem. Hashem truly wants you. See, we could get annoyed at our own children. We could get annoyed at a neighbor because we have to be annoyed. Things go wrong. Yeah, but Hashem, there's no annoyance. Hashem looks down. He knows exactly the challenges people have. And knows, you know, if, if you could... Often in Sean Bayes, what works often, I say to myself, is to put myself in my wife's shoes. As she's agitated, okay, I, I get it from her because she's going through a tough time. It's not that she wants to give me a tough time, just that's the reality. Sometimes, you know, if you understand the other person, the pain is less. The Rebbeinu looks down and he knows our limitations. He is so clear. We ourselves don't even know our own limitations. Because we don't even know ourselves so well as Hashem knows us. So Hashem, and whatever you do, this is the, the glorification of Hashem is great. Now, that's, Yerim Nachman explains that Sadiqim were able to connect people to the parts of the world they created. Imagine this. That means you can look at a person and say, you know, this person, the glorification of Hashem resembles the way this animal is or this wilderness is or this, this, this planet is because they saw 
the holy eyes, they're able to see the glorification of Hashem from each individual and how this correlates to the world. But Nachman is saying, because everything in the world, there's a will of Hashem. This is very important. There's, there's something in, that means it's not, it's, you know, often people think Hashem said, earth should give up lions. He didn't go particularly how the lions should look. And we need lions. We need wheat. And we need dogs. We need cats. Every lion, every cat, and every individual, there's a reason why you created this way. The Rizal says even deeper, the way you look, the color of your hair, where your hair on your head grows, how you look, your height, and every fiber of inch of you is a reason why you are this way. It wasn't by chance I came out this way. You know, uh, if my parents would have been a different, I would have come out different color. There's a reason why your eyes are this color and someone else is different color. The reason why your height is this, it's not chance that I have, not by chance, I always joke about it, I'm very tall. My parents are not tall and my twin brother is not tall. But there's a reason why, I have no idea, but there's a reason why I should have made it this way. There's, there's, the, there's a reason why exactly plan how to, to the hear. So you toenail to your head, there's a reason why. Every, every, like you look at your children, there's a reason for each thing, and the reason is connected to where Hashem is proud of every one of us. So the tzaddikah were able to bring out the, 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 the it's called the rotsen of Hashem, the will of Hashem, and, and see how it correlates. This brings, Ram Nachman explains, a great Yerusha mind. Because what happens is, the more, see, we look at people, unfortunately, in a very cynical way. Most people look at someone else, and the first question, is he my type or not my type? Is he type A or type B? Is he going to respect me or disrespect me? You know, which shoe does he daven? You know what I mean? What, which, what type of a hat does he wear? Or what can he do for me? We are very quickly, we have a, a quick computer, and it works so quickly, we size people up. Instead of looking at a person, this is a person who is a, a person who is on his own great, he has good things about him. Instead of, you know, instead of saying he, he's not my type, yes, my type, just to accept the person. This is a person, and he has great things in them. You see, unfortunately, we always look at the shortcoming of a person. Because you know why? We always quetch. We always, we always notice the shortcoming. I've, I've said this story often, and a lady told me this story. That uh, It's a very, very powerful story. It just shows how we look at life. So I mentioned this story. A guy made a mosaic, a, a beautiful mosaic from tiles. He left out deliberately one tile. It was beautiful, and he had lined up people to look at it. The first comment everyone made, there's a tile missing. That was the first thing. There's a tile missing. Let me, didn't say the first thing. Wow, this is stunning. And better, usually art people leave out something deliberately as an artist. They, they want something to be left out, and they, they have a point to it. So it makes this beautiful mosaic. The first thing you look at it, you know, there's a, a tile missing there. Instead of saying, 
the first thing, how beautiful. The same thing, we, we interact with people. We don't say it out because, you know, if we say it, we are, uh, it will, you know, our relationship with people not be great. But we notice the time missing in the person. We notice right away. I, I, I ask them when people come with bias problems, I always tell them, tell me the good things about your spouse. I am angry at her. I can't say any good things. No, no. There's a lot of good things. There's more good than bad. Because you're focusing on the bad, so you only see the bad. That's how we humans are. We notice things that are not right, and that's where we get stuck. You know, so every person really, if you would take away your competition, the reason this comes from being competitive and seeing the negative in people. If you would just look at the person, you, should, you could exercise. The best exercise of your own spouse. Just, just think for an hour the good things your spouse have. You see, you'll be amazed how, 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 truly, how truly your spouses are so many positive things. We unfortunately notice immediately the negative things. That this wasn't done, and that wasn't done, and this could have been done better. This could have done better. So, if a person would focus and only look at the, the, the good things, he would give a person credit. Ramnachma says in another place, you could make a person from. Just by thinking of them and pointing out the good things, you could literally take someone out of the pits and bring them back to Yiddishkeit. Not even talking to the person. Just focusing on the person and see this person has great good things. Because the truth is, every person has good things. Yeah, he's got to be, maybe he's wild, maybe that, but that you notice anyways. Focus on the positive things. People who are able to do it have many more friends. Because the friendship comes, I, I, I tell this to newlyweds, I'm just being that our daughter just got married, and I, always, I told her to this. The most important thing we want out of life from our spouse is to be accepted. Accept me the way I am. With your friends, you also want that. You want your friend to accept you. You know, and the, the, the relationship of people are much better when you accept this is who your friend is. She comes late. She's a little bit messy. But this is who the person is. And you know what I mean? And the trick about it is, I always tell people, I accept, I always tell people, I know my wife has to accept my shortcomings, so I accept her shortcomings. I'm no big tzaddik. She has to put up with my mishigasen, so she puts up with mine. Because the truth is, we all have things that will irritate our spouse. And we have things that irritate our friends. So the more a person focuses on the positive things of others, and, and not just that, he sees how the Rebbein is so proud of this person. You've got to change your way of thinking. Most people, when they meet someone, the first question is, is he like me, not like me? Is he as good as me, as bad as me? And we have this incredible superconductor computer working how to size people up. And, you know, people tell me the first impression is the most important thing. I always, tell, I always say the first impression means nothing. How can you size a person up the first impression? But you speak to young girls who go dating, they would tell you their first date has got to be a first impression. And the truth is, you can't know. There's no way you know anyone in the first, the first time they meet. It takes time to get to know, to understand. What I'm not going to say, the more 
you, the more you, f you see the goods of other people, the more you, and you connect with Hashem, the more Yerushimayim you will have. It's an amazing thing. The more you look at a person and say, look, this person goes out of their way to do the right thing. Well, how beautiful is this thing? This person gives so much tzedakah. It's incredible. And that this person davens this way. This person has, helps so many people. This person dresses sneezy. It just focus on the positive things of people. And you, see, and you look at it connected to Hashem. And Hashem is really proud of this person. I cannot do this. But this person does gives away so much money of his tzedakah. Then you elevate yourself. You become elevated. You are much more. The truth is you become a better person. Because the negativeness that we have in ourselves really hurts ourselves more than anyone else. The criticism that we have in us and we, the way we judge people has a much worse effect on us than on other, other people. So the more you watch people and you say, ah, the Rebbein Shalom is so proud of them and he's really proud, that power gives enormously elevates a person. <clears throat> I want to tell you something. It's easier said than done. Because you got to, it's a muscle in your mind. We got used to it. You know, when we, we got used to looking at the negative things. You got to try the muscle of positive things and to look at people. This is very, very important. It's very important for Shalom Bais, I tell people. It's a great exercise for Shalom Bais, And it's a great exercise to get along with people. Because, in, you know, in life, there's always going to be someone that's going to be difficult around you. It could be a sister-in-law, a mother-in-law, a neighbor, a nudnik. There are always people who are. If you are focused on the good things of them, you're going to be much calmer. It doesn't mean you got to tolerate them as shigasin. I always tell people, but you wouldn't be so agitated. There is goodness to them. Uh, you know, this neighbor has goodness and has uh, a nudnik. Yeah, it's much calming and soothing. Yes. Well, yeah, I will tell you what I would say. My question would be, if a husband forgot a wife's birthday, my question would be two things. One, the first reaction, all of us, us, we blame our husband. Ah, shlamazel. You know, how, how, how insensitive, forgot my birthday. Second question is, I would ask myself, why did he forget it? Did I do something that, I, that he, he forgot? Sometimes... The, a person conveniently forgets. You know, sometimes, I always joke with men, sometimes the wives ask us to take out the garbage and we don't forget to take it out. Sometimes we just conveniently say, I, honey, I really wanted to take the garbage out, I just forgot. It depends how your relationship is then. Is it that I did something that, you know, that he doesn't want to remember the birthday? See, it takes, forgetting a birthday, it takes two people to work on it. That means there's the husband and the wife. It could be a, a hundred percent his fault. It could be well, maybe I am not so good to him. I'm not saying you. I'm saying generally speaking, maybe I'm not because you know. If I, um, often, if a wife is good to the husband, 
he, uh, he wouldn't forget. I have, I want to say a story. I know this isn't tape, but I think my nephew will forgive me about this. I have a nephew who was, uh, when he was a young teenager, young adult, he was a very uh, tough kid, nice way of saying tough kid. Anyway, he married his wife, and uh, his wife is one of a kind, incredible. He will never forget his wife's birthday in a million years because he appreciates what she does for him. Somehow, not only, only, not only does she do that, I live here and she lives in Mansi, and even I know what a wonderful person she is, but she makes people feel wonderful. It's incredible. Her, my nephew today is an, is an incredible father. I, I mean, he was growing up, I thought he's going to be a terror. He was a, he was a yeah, very difficult childhood, whatever it was. And I think now I understand it better. I think he was a little bit, uh, at a, you know, AD, ADHD. He wasn't, couldn't sit still. And today we, we understand it better. But he was, to, but because his wife is so nice and she knows how to make him feel good, and she knows not just her, she knows how to feel everyone. I mean, uh, she, it, it, it became that her, her, she, her husband will never forget his wife's birthday. Not only birthday, she, he would randomly buy flowers to her. I would never expect him to do such a thing. You know, it has to take, it takes always two, not blaming one more than another. When a, you know, interaction amongst people, it takes two things to make things happen. Sometimes it's totally his fault, sometimes it's my fault as much as his fault. The, I, this is not what I was talking about, but since she asked, I answered it. But I, I, I want to get back what Nachman is saying over here. The truth is that the more you look at people and you appreciate the goodness what they do and the mysterious nefesh they do, it, it, you, you look at it, it brings an effect onto you. It brings you a shemaim. You see, this guy, look what he does to make sure he comes to Minyan. This guy would... You know, comes you know, as a guy in my shoe will never miss a minion. And I, you know, no matter what, he had a baby recently and he may, I was shocked. He walked in for Mincha. He went, you know, there are people, this is what he wants to do. It is very uplifting. Every person has their strength. And if you focus on the goodness of people and you see how they're connected to Hashem, it has a great effect on you and it brings your Shemaim into a person himself. And, the, and not only that, Ram Nachman says, it also brings love. See, when we look at people and we're busy criticizing, we get in touch with the negativeness of life. Oh, he's a rebel. He's not so from. He's not so sneezing. And they, 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 they gossip. And they do this. You get in much more the negative things. Your mind is preoccupied with the rebelliousness of people, the negative things of people. If you fill your mind with positive things, Ah, how wonderful you are, how great you are, how nice you are, and I appreciate it. You know, you're talking about Sean Bais. I want to say a story over. I, I may have said the story, but <clears throat> there was a, a, this happened many years ago. A lady wrote the story, a from lady wrote the story, it happened to her. She was married to her husband for about 17, 18 years, and he never showed appreciation. She got used to it, that's the way he is. He was a hard American, 
a person, he brought in a livelihood, she didn't have to go to work. So that's who he is, made peace with it. She writes the story, it might not be so accurate because I remember reading the story 20 years ago, but the story goes, one day he's sitting on the couch and she was ironing and he was reading the newspaper and he picks up the newspaper and he says, thank you so much for ironing, ironing the clothing. She said she looked at him. She thought that uh, he was reading an article there. And uh, that's it. The next day, he comes home and he says, I appreciate not only the iron, the clothing, but when I get up in the morning, I find fresh socks and fresh clothing in the the cabinet, in the closet. She took it, but she was very cynical. And this was going on. Every day, Mati Shabbos, he comes in, makes Avdallah, he tells his wife, tonight is my turn to wash dishes. He thought he was gonna, she thought she was going to fall off her legs. In 17 years, he never picked up his hand to wash dishes. He says, what's, is something wrong with you? She writes, she wanted to know, it's, you know, like, and that's all it is, you know, he washed dishes, and every day he found something to show appreciation. They lived they lived another 18, 19, whatever years, and she wrote this article after he passed away. He never told me the secret, what changed. But the last 18 years, you know, after, after that episode, life was the sweetest thing. What he did was, all of a sudden, he started looking at the positive things. He used to be a negative person, not to appreciate, always great. He doesn't know what she writes. She refused to tell her what happened, but it was his secret, and I cherished the next twenty years of the, of, of our of being together, because all of us wants to be appreciated. Not only appreciated, all of us want that someone should look at you. You're a good person. Let's face it. We have a lot of shortcomings. You wish no one knows your shortcomings. You know, everyone has this skeleton. We want no one to know our skeleton, but what you want, everyone to look at you, you're a great guy. We want that. We, not only we desire, we, we long for it. Accept me, look at me positive. So why shouldn't, if we want this from someone else, you should do it. Not to be, it doesn't mean you should be a fool. Doesn't mean a guy who hurts you, okay, keep on hurting me, abusing me. No, you, get, you, have, a, you have a friend who takes advantage of you, you know, there are people, relatives, who get annoying, which, that not being a fool, but just looking at people and say, wow, this person does, certain things are great. And Ramnachim says this, you could find in every person good things. The more you do this, the better you're going to feel, the more Yerushimayim you're going to have, especially when you connect it and realizing the person is this way because he's connected to Hashem. Why is the person doing that? So this is very, very powerful. It's like answering your question, it's incredible powerful in relationship. I challenge all of you, why don't you do it just one day? Today, all day long, look at your spouse, just the positive things. No, no criticism for one day. Put criticism aside. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked how your day is going to be. That means you have something to criticize, you zip your mouth, nothing. For one day, You'll see. And if you do it two days, someone recently told me 
that uh, someone told him that if he has, he's going through a tough time, so a rabbi told him, if you want to say something criticized about your wife, write it down and take it out three days later, see if it's still important. He said, it never is important three days later. It's only important at the moment. The truth is, if you look at the positive things of people, not only you show bias is better, but you feel better. You look, your life becomes so much rich, richer. So, it, but what Rabbi Nachman is saying, there's another level to this. The level is also to realize that this person is doing it because he's Jewish. He's connected to Hashem. And this connection might be in a very small way. He's not religious and he's, uh, he's uh, obnoxious and he's this. But there is good things in themselves that they're still good. Focus on that. Rather, always focusing what's wrong. As I said, because automatically we focus on the tile that's missing. That's how we are in, in relationship with your spouse. You ask a guy, you know, you ask a guy how is, uh, you know, things are with your spouse. Oh, I got to put up with her. You, know? you don't say, well, she's great. Because we are always in touch with the things that are not good. We're not in touch with the things that is good. That's how human, unfortunately we are. So Rahman says it doesn't he says because when you think about the positive things of another person, he or the, the other person reaction gets in touch with the goodness of himself. Every person has goodness in themselves. We are you know the truth is we have evilness in ourselves too. And sometimes we are amazed, how could I be so mean? Sometimes you look at yourself, what me? We could be mean and we could be great. Sometimes we focus in, in the negatives. But if you look at it someone in the positive, he says, what happens is that person also looks at his own positive things. And you connect them to that. Any other questions? So I, I want to challenge you all for maybe, well, I'm not going to ask you to do two days. One day today. Why don't you focus on all the positive things? You'll be amazed. One day. Yes. Because you know why? We get used to it. Our mind gets so quickly used to it. And focused on the negative things, we have a hard time. If you could do it more than one day, great. You'll be amazed the power of this. Okay.